Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. We've intentionally come today for this reason. We've come expecting to experience the power of the Almighty God. That's why we're here. I thank God for friendships. I thank God for the family, the body of Christ. I thank God for the unity that we feel in this room today. I'm glad that you're here today, but I didn't come for you. I came because I need Jesus Christ to be powerful in my life, and I believe God is ready to be powerful in this place this morning. Amen. We promoted it on social media. We've invited our friends and family, and I want to be clear this morning as to why we would do such a thing. What are we expecting, and who is going to do it? We have Power Sunday because we believe that miracles still happen. Amen. We believe that miracles still happen. Several years ago, we, got, we did a little thing with that phrase, miracles still happen, and we made t-shirts. I really thought about wearing that t-shirt today. I think in this day and age, it's a good thing to remind ourselves and remind everyone around us that we believe miracles uh, still happen, that it's not just something of the past, uh, that it's not something that just used to take place in the Bible days. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody in the house of the Lord this morning that's a walking, talking miracle. Anybody have anything going on in your life uh, that you would like to just take five seconds and say, thank you, Jesus. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Lord God Almighty. If he hadn't been powerful in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Connect Point United Pentecostal Church. We are an apostolic Pentecostal Church, We believe in the doctrines of Scripture that came from the Lord God himself, that were believed on, taught, and experienced by the apostles of Jesus Christ. We are part of what Jesus called a church, what Jesus called a church. The first time that the word was ever used was by Christ to the disciple Peter in Matthew chapter 16. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Somebody say, my church. Jesus said, I have a church and I'm going to build it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I wonder if anybody knows just how powerful our God is this morning. Before the church even came into existence, he said, I've got a vision of a church that I'm going to bring to pass. And I just want to let all of hell know right now that no matter what you bring against my people, it is not going to work. It's not going to succeed. I need somebody to build your faith up in this house this morning and realize that anything is possible. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And after the death and burial and resurrection of that same Jesus, we find the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there 
there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit uh, gave them uh, the utterance. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm, we're in a house right now, and there's some people sitting right now. How many feel like the Spirit of God's trying to move in this place this morning? Does anybody feel like from the moment we started praying and started singing that the Spirit of God was trying to flow into this place? Uh, I'm telling you, if you'll let the Spirit of God begin to work, uh, if we won't hinder what he's trying to do, he can do anything today. Somebody say anything. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God can do anything. Amen. And so it is after the day of Pentecost, that we find the word church again in Acts 2, 46 and 47, and they continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, his church, he added to it, the one that was started on the day of Pentecost, he added to it daily such as should be saved. The Pentecostal experience is a life-changing, miraculous, salvation experience. It's a salvation experience. The Pentecost experience that was talked about in Acts 2 when Peter stands up to the crowd that gathered around and he said, you need to repent and you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Pentecostal experience is connected to the salvation of our very soul. And after the church was established on the Pentecostal experience, and built upon the foundation of the apostles' doctrine. The Bible says, and there were those added to the church daily, those that would be saved. I don't know about you today. I feel like I'm living in a saved condition, but I want to stay in my saved condition so I can make it all the way to heaven. Anybody in this place today looking forward to glory, looking forward to leaving this world behind and seeing Jesus? The only way that is possible is that I might be saved. And that's what the Bible teaches us. And that is why we are an apostolic Pentecostal church. It was the driving force of the apostles. It was their teacher. It was their guide. It was their inspiration and their power. The spirit of the almighty God, not just around them or near them, but yes, indeed, in them. Somebody say it was in them. And them, just as Jesus had promised that it would be in John 14, if ye love me, keep my commandments, uh, and I will pray to the Father, and you shall give you, he give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, uh, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, uh, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I've come to tell somebody in this house today that's never experienced what the Bible is promising you. It's one thing to feel God around you. It's one thing to be in the presence of God. It's one thing to be in services or situations where you feel the tingles going up and down your spine and you feel like something supernatural is in 
in the room. That's one thing. And I thank God for it. But I've come to tell you the promise doesn't stop there, sir. The promise doesn't end there, ma'am. He said, I have been with you, but I shall be in you. He's talking about filling you with the Holy Ghost, which is the comforter, which by the way is Jesus. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's the Father. He's the Son. And he's the Holy Ghost. And his name is Jesus. And he said, I've been with you, but I want to be inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. So today you're in an apostolic Pentecostal church. And so we dare to advertise that powerful, miraculous things are going to happen. We didn't even have a second thought about it. We didn't even wonder about it. We didn't have a committee meeting on whether or not we should put it out there on social media. Amen. Nobody that belongs to this church is wondering whether or not God is going to show up today. Oh, hallelujah. God shows up every time. Two or three people gather together in his name. There he is in the midst of them. I'm glad we got a good crowd today, but we really only needed two or three because if two or three will gather together, all power in heaven and earth is in Jesus, and it's possible. It has always and has always been part of the New Testament church experience. If you were a Christian in the time of Christ, you witnessed the miraculous. So we show up every service with that same expectation. That we can witness the miraculous. What exactly are we expecting? Anything God wants to do. Somebody say anything. Anything God wants to do. Man, if you've never repented of your sins today, if you're walking around carrying around years of guilt and shame and it's so hard you can barely move forward, you can find forgiveness today if you'll repent of your sins and call upon the name of Jesus Christ who hung on the cross of Calvary but also rose from the grave. If you'll call on his name, you can find forgiveness and freedom today from the things that have haunted you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, going down in the waters of burial and coming up into resurrected life you can do that before you leave this place today you say preacher you talking about I gotta get in a tank of water you don't worry we got clothes we got towels we got robes we got everything you can need but if your faith says I wanna leave clean today you go ahead and let your faith lead you into the waters of baptism and find what what it feels like to be free to be delivered to be clean to be pure hallelujah if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as was shown to us in the book of Acts and, and after that throughout the rest of the New Testament, if you've never experienced that gift of God, the power of God unto salvation, you can experience that before you leave today. Amen. I'm just going to tell you right off the front, nobody's going to teach you how to speak in tongues. Nobody's going to tell you you need to make, make this sound or make that sound. Nobody's going to try to show you how to do it all we're going to do is tell you if you haven't repented, repent of your sins. And once you repent, you start worshiping and loving the God who first loved you while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Uh, I think that's enough to worship him right there. 
I know he hung the stars and the sun and the moon, but I, I, I don't have to get past the point that when I was, when he was on the cross, hallelujah, I was in his heart and in his mind. That's enough for me to lift my hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on me when I'd given up on myself. Come on, is there any witness in the house today that says it's enough for me to just remember what he did on Calvary and how he saved my soul? I'm going to worship the Lord today. If you'll repent of your sins and begin to worship him as the God of your life, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. God is the only one that can give of himself. Nobody can give you the Holy Ghost, only God. It was the, they spoke, they spake as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So what are we expecting today? Anything that God wants to do. If you need a healing in your body, you can be healed today. Amen. You got a healing in your body, whatever it may be. You say, "Well, I've got a sickness. I've got a disease. I've got I've got a tumor. I've been dealing with this issue. My back's all messed up. Uh, I've had this since I was a child. I don't. It doesn't matter to me or anyone in this house uh, if it started this morning on the way to church uh, or whether you were born with it. We believe that anything is possible in the house of God. We believe that God can do anything. Somebody say anything." Oh, hallelujah. The Bible is full of miracles from Genesis to Revelation. All miracles are of God and according to his will and according to his purpose. We do not manipulate God. We don't manipulate God. We didn't tell God, God, it's Power Sunday, so you know what you have to do. Amen. We don't manipulate God. Whatever God wants to do, Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13 and 8, the same yesterday and today and forever. The same yesterday. Yesterday's over, right? So somebody say, and today. And today. Whenever you read that scripture and you say yesterday and today and forever, whatever day it is, that means God is the same that day as he was the day before. The very next book of the Bible says in James 1 and 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He does not change. Amen. He does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word, hallelujah, is never going to change. It is forever settled in heaven. That means God is God, and God is always God, and God never changes. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody hear me today. It means God is God. And God is always God, and God never changes. That means if he did it before, uh, he can do it again. Uh, if he did it for them, uh, he can do it for you. Uh, if you saw somebody else receive it, you can receive it. If you've heard about somebody else getting a miracle, you can get a miracle. Because the same God that did their miracle is the same one that's going to do yours. Uh, if he provided for them, uh, he can provide for you. Uh, if he saved their children... He can save your children. If he resurrected their marriage, he can resurrect your marriage. If he touched their mind, he can touch your mind. There ain't nothing that God can't do. God is God, and God is
is always going to be God. Oh, clap your hands, everybody, and shout unto God. We've come today because his word tells us in Matthew 21, Jesus, instead of them, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. On all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. And all things. He says one breath you can speak to the mountain in your life. And you can cast it into the sea. And then in the very next breath he says, and all things. Doesn't have to be a mountain. All things. Whatsoever you ask in prayer. Believing you shall receive. Now, maybe you're hearing this idea for the first time today. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Maybe you're hearing this idea for the first time. Maybe you've always been self-reliant. Or maybe you've always relied on your fellow man. Maybe you've just hoped for the best and believed that life just kind of happened at random. Maybe you think there's nothing that anybody can do about anything. To you, I would share the words of Jesus In John 16, he said to a special group of people, he says, hitherto, he says, up till now, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Oh, hallelujah. He says, look, I want to teach you something here. There's something you need to understand about asking. You need to ask it. In my name. Jesus, while he was with them, was trying to teach them this principle of prayer. The Bible tells us whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Amen? Do it all in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is Jesus. Right? He is the Lord, God, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus He says to them, up until now, you've been doing things and asking things and making your petitions known, but you haven't yet done it in my name. He says, let me teach you another step of faith. Uh, Add my name to the prayer and you shall receive. I just want to let everybody know just in case there's some confusion. When we come up here and pray in a little while, don't walk up to pastor and say, pastor, can this happen? You don't need to come to me. Don't ask the person next to you, can you help me with this? You don't need anything from them, but you need Jesus. I need Jesus. We need Jesus. He's the only one who can do what you need done today. He's the only one that can come through with what I need done today and so when I make my petition known unto him I'm going to say Jesus I need you to heal me today I need you to help me today I need you to guide me today we go to Jesus we go to Jesus oh hallelujah hallelujah we're not asking each other for miracles we come to ask Jesus and Jesus said in Matthew 9 23 He said unto them, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. 
And then Jesus gives us a very concise explanation of what it means to have faith in Mark 11. He says it pretty simply. He says, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you shall have them. That is faith. That is faith. That is faith. He says, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you shall have them. Now, if we remove the words, when ye pray, from the verse, then someone with enough money and enough power could possibly fulfill that scripture. They had enough money, enough power. You could go to them and ask them. Maybe they could do something about it. But the significant difference in the miraculous is that we are willing to take it to God in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. We didn't come to wish for things today. We didn't come to hope for things today. We don't have our fingers crossed. We're not tossing coins into a fountain. Not blowing out candles. We come for the miraculous. We've come because we need God to work in our lives. And if it's serious enough to show up on a Sunday and go to God and pray about it. He says that's the separator. That's the difference maker. That's the part uh, that touches the heart of God. Uh, You can want it real bad, but never pray about it. You can wish that it would come to pass uh, and never pray about it. You could talk with friends and family and say, I hope someday it changes, uh, but never pray about it. But if you ever get to the place uh, where you say, I gotta get to Jesus, uh, and I've got to pray and I've got to believe because I think he is possible for him to do the miraculous. There's just something inside of me that tells me that if I'll go beyond hope and get into faith and pray that all things are possible. Oh, hallelujah. We are driven Perhaps, yea, even desperate today for an answer. The situation needs supernatural involvement. And so we have come on Power Sunday. Oh, hallelujah. But we're not going to stop short. Oh. Pastor, how do, I, how do I stop short and miss my miracle today? I'll tell you how you stop short. Show up. Sing, clap, even worship. But don't pray and ask God. See, here, the front of this building is our altar area. We leave it intentionally open up here because we know and have experienced and believe that the most important thing that's going to happen today is we're going to respond 
to God. The message I'm preaching alone is not enough today. Just to hear about good news is not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to experience the good news. The gospel is the good news. The death and burial, it really becomes good on the last part. And resurrection. (laughs) A lot of people died and were buried. Their bones are still there. But his aren't. Three days later, they couldn't find him in the tomb anymore. The angel said, why seek ye the living amongst the dead? Uh, He is not here. He has risen. Oh, hallelujah. And so the good news is that I can die out to my sin. I can be buried and I can come into newness of life through repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The gospel can be applied to my life, but that's the key. You can't leave here just having heard me preach about the gospel. You gotta respond to the gospel. You gotta come up here and pray and say, I want the gospel to be applied to my life. I'm telling you, there's a God that can heal your sickness and disease, that can touch your mind, your home, and your family, and handle every situation you're going through. But don't just hear some preacher preach it and then walk out the same way you walked in. But you got to get up here and pray and say, Lord, I believe that all things are possible. Somebody say, I believe. Amen. I believe. Matthew 13, and I'm coming to a close now. Another parable put he forth unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed it in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. It goes from the least to the greatest. It goes from the smallest seed. They can put that title slide up. It goes from the the smallest little seed to a big tree. It goes from the least to the greatest. Because a man... Because a person takes it. They don't just look at it. They don't take the seed home and set it on the shelf. They don't put the seed in a little bottle and walk around and show everybody, look how small this seed is. Can you believe how small it is? Look how small. You know this thing could be a great tree. A big tree. Look at it. They don't just carried it around like a rabbit's foot in their pocket. Pull it out every one, once in a while and kind of look at it. This is my mustard seed. It says when a man takes it and sows it in the field. Mm, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, not, it's just a seed. The smallest the least, 
of the herb bearing seeds. It's the smallest least until someone says, I wonder what would happen if I would put that in the ground. I've always heard that the seed of a mustard seed could produce a big tree. People have told me that. I've heard about it. I've seen it engraved on things I could hang on the wall. It's on a pillow sitting on my couch. I have it as a screensaver as my phone. The mustard seed can become the mustard tree. And that's all well and good. But I've come to tell somebody today, you got to take the next step to take the seed and plant it in the ground because that's where faith kicks in. I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to bury it down in the dirt and I'm going to step back and I'm going to believe that a tree is going to come forth and I'm going to go from the least to the greatest. I'm talking about faith in the house of the Lord today. I'm talking about a Jesus that says anything is possible to them that would believe. So maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe you need to come up to the front with your little mustard seed. Now the Bible says that there were people that had great faith. The Bible also tells us of a dad who cried out desperately for his child and said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm thankful today, overwhelmingly thankful that I don't have to graduate to great faith before I see my first miracle. So you may come walking up here today like this. This is all I got, preacher. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you guys are so worked up about. I don't know why everybody's so excited to be here. And everybody's clapping and yelling and stuff. I don't know why that person behind me keeps shouting amen. (laughs) Hallelujah and praise God. And the person on the end of the row stood up and started clapping while the preacher was preaching. My God. I don't know why, but I feel a little something. I can't explain exactly what I'm feeling. I don't even really know where it came from, but since I've been in this place this morning, there's something little growing inside, and it's real small, and I think maybe, just possibly, it could be uh, that maybe, uh, just maybe, uh, God uh, may want to do something uh, in my life today. Oh, I'm telling you, if that's all you got, that's enough. That's plenty. That's more than enough. You just get up out of your seat and you come walking up and you plant that thing in the altar and you say, Jesus, I need a miracle. I need you to help me. I need you to heal me. I need you to deliver. I need you to do what nobody else. Jesus. Oh, stand to your feet and clap your hands under the Lord, somebody. Come on, somebody shout unto God. Bible declares to us that God is our refuge and our strength, that he is a very present help in time of trouble. Present help. Oh, I love that about him. 
I love it about him. I've never once had to say, God, you're late. Oh, no. He's always right on time. And every time, every time that I've been in trouble, oh, hallelujah, since I was just a kid, I've known that I was never in trouble by myself. God was always with me. And then I, dark days came and difficulties came and trials come and painful loss. But you're not alone. Thou art with me. Thou preparest a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. Present help in time trouble. Oh, hallelujah. And so God is speaking to us today. And he is saying, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you will receive it and you will. That's what Jesus is saying. So the only question left is what will we do? What will we do? That was what they asked Peter on the day of Pentecost when the church was being established and he preached a powerful message on that day and they said, what, what should we do? What do we need to do? He said, repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you, but not just to you. It's also unto your children and all them that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, he's calling today. He's calling on this Power Sunday. And he's promised us, I've read scripture after scripture after scripture. He's promised us this miraculous power is available to those who will pray. But what will we do if we make this the Sunday that we take it to God in prayer? Then this will be the Sunday that we see God's power. This can be your power Sunday. I want us to start by lifting our hands unto the Lord. Just lift your hands. If, if you've never done that before, it's just a great sign of openness to God. A sign of just kind of surrender and just opening myself up, God, whatever you want to do today. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.